What is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that takes a look at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I am Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lahorn. This week on the pod, we are getting weirder than weird in France with a dance troupe as we review Climax. Oh, you're so good. You like it? I'm so happy. I couldn't be happier. Truc qui monte. Qu'est-ce que t'as? Tu sais garder le secret, 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 French dancers gather in a remote, empty school building to rehearse on a wintry night. The all-night celebration morphs into a hallucinatory nightmare when they learn their sangria is laced with LSD. As per usual with our pod, there are spoilers ahead from Climax, so if you don't want to be spoiled, we suggest you go check out the movie first, return to the pod, and you can hear our full spoiler-filled thoughts on the movie. We're going to jump right into it, and I will say... Uh, a warning right off of the bat. This is a French horror film. We will be discussing some pretty uh, graphic things that happen in this movie. Uh, quite disturbing, a little uncomfortable. Uh, so this, this is your warning. Um, if you've seen the movie, you know what we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. And things are going to get weird. Uh, like we said, <laughs> things are going to get a little dark. Uh, so just just be aware. Um, I don't want anybody not prepared to discuss some weird French horror and body horror and all, all of that. Yeah. Um, so we are talking about Climax. Now, we didn't have anything on the schedule for this week. We kind of had an open slot. We have tackled The Last Black Man in San Francisco. We've tackled Moonlight, a couple pretty heavy, racially driven movies in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let's just let's spice it up. Let's get weird and let's do Climax. I remember seeing the trailer for this in theaters um, like a few years ago now and thinking like, Wow, okay, that movie looks pretty wild. Like, I might be interested in that. Um, have you seen this movie before this week? No, I have not okay, seen cool. this movie before. <laughs> I had also seen the trailer, uh, and then I saw it was by Gaspar Noe, and I was like, oh, shit, okay, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to watch this. Uh, maybe we'll get into it. I've seen only one of his movies before, and that movie will never leave my brain. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we're going to talk about this. Even if you haven't seen this, I think everything we're going to talk about, like, still will be surprising if you watch the movie. Like, I don't know yes. that you can spoil this because it's just like, right. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know. It's like, it's such a crazy movie. It is absolutely wild. So yeah, let's, we're getting into, we're going to get into this. And and you mentioned directed by Gaspar Noe and uh, he has a movie out right now in theaters called Vortex. Um, check your, check your local theaters to see if it's playing. If it's something you're interested in, um, you know, obviously go, go support this French filmmaker. If you can, can stomach it. Um, I want to. I want to tell you a quick story though before we talk about this. Okay. Yeah. I find this very interesting. So, uh, I had a, a business dinner last night. We have a bunch of people in from Germany doing a bunch of training sessions uh, for work, and so everybody went to Top Golf. That was like the thing. We all went to Top Golf for the night. Uh, hit some balls for a few hours, and we had some drink tickets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. Uh, so the person that I'm, I'm hitting some golf balls with that's in my bay with me. I ask him, what drink should I get? I've got two drink tickets. Like, what should we get? And he goes, oh, 
you should try the sangria here. It is super delicious. <laughs> and I go, absolutely not. I will not be touching the sangria. This movie traumatized me in real life. And I don't know if I will ever have sangria, but like the chances of that happening the night after I watched this movie are just too funny to me. That's insane. What a coincidence there. I'm with you there. Like, I don't know that I will ever drink sangria ever again. So wild. Uh, okay, what did you what did you think of Climax? Let's kind of set the stage here before we get into some of these scenes and start breaking down the movie. Um, I was very impressed with the filmmaking. Um, there are, honestly, like, it's kind of broken up into, like, three or four shots, yeah. you know? Like, the last half of the whole movie. So I, I unfortunately, I like to try to watch everything if I can in one sitting, but I wasn't able to. Uh, and I stopped it almost exactly halfway through at like 49 minutes. Okay. And the last 49 minutes are almost essentially all one take. And it's and, insane. And that's where things get weird. That's and like that's the where cut gets, point where yeah. it gets really weird. That's when like they start drinking the sangria, which has been spiked with LSD. And so it just goes off the wall for like 45 minutes obviously like there's cuts and stuff like that, but it, it's pretty seamless. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's great. Um, you know, if you've seen Birdman or any of those kind of movies, like it's that same kind of thing. Uh, but even at the, the first half of the movie, which is a lot more, I mean, I guess light, I don't know how you want to phrase it compared <laughs> to the second half. Everything is light, but right. we get some really cool like dance choreography. Like that's like kind of the majority of the dialogue is in that first half, but this is a very clear, like, there's the first 49 minutes and there's the last 49 <laughs> minutes. And I told you that I got halfway through and I was like, I got to finish the last part. And you're like, Oh dude, you're in for a ride. And I was like, oh, exactly. Shit. Okay. And you were not wrong. This was a trip. Yeah. And you, you had to finish it before we recorded tonight and all you texted me was Jesus. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You are right. That is. <laughs> <Yeah>. in... <laughs> I just didn't know what else to say. I was kind of speechless, you know, I was like, man, I don't know. Like it's as nuts. I had to shut the door to like our apartment. Cause like <laughs> there's like this <laughs> complex, like, you know, courtyard. And I was like, all the screaming that was going on. I was like, Oh, I don't know if people yeah. are going to know this is a movie. So <laughs> I better shut the door here just in case. Yeah, man. Safety first. You know, you can't have people getting suspicious. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you make a good point. The filmmaking is incredible. Like right off of the bat, you're like, dang, we're getting some sweet like wonders. We're getting some really impressive cin cinematography. We're getting some really great colors. And I think from that standpoint, this movie is gorgeous. It's like I was trying the entire time to find a cut and I was trying to be like that. There was the cut right there mm -hmm. or like this is this is outside the one shot or anything like that. It's hard. It's difficult. And I think besides the like the pure filmmaking aspect of it, the um, the ability that this movie has to basically like like suck you into its world of dance. And it's got this kind of like pulsating beat throughout the entire movie that like just drums on constantly. And so you feel like you're kind of part of this and then to have such good like uh, dance choreography and using different, different styles. Right. So like one of the scenes we'll talk about is like this big overhead shot of people dancing. Yeah. And then the final 20 minutes, it's all upside down and like mm -hmm. crazy stuff where you're like, wow, this guy, he's got a vision and he, he just makes weird shit. Like that's just kind of, that's just kind of like what he does. Um, I love the first half, second half thing because really right at that kind of like that moment is when they all start to feel the LSD start kicking in 
And it's very clear because they say like something's kicking in, like what's going on and people deteriorate very quickly. Like things get very bad, very, very fast. I, my, my last point before we do our true cinema moments here, I have, I don't think I've ever been more uncomfortable while (laughs) watching a movie. I don't know if that applied to you as well, but like I was watching it and I was kind of like doing a little squirming. I was doing a little moving and I was like, ah, like, can I really sit through 35 more minutes of this? Like I, I was just like kind of questioning the decision to watch this movie. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. This was definitely a very uncomfortable watch, but you know, it's, it's this mix of like, what am I looking at? But also like, man, this is really impressive because (laughs) I mean, the fact that like you could shoot digitally now, it's like, I think that whole last 40 minutes might really be one take because yeah. the limits really come with film, but I believe this, this was shot digitally. So it's like, they could have just done it all. Um, that first, uh, 10 minute take, I guess it, they took like 15 to 16 attempts to get it all. And it's just like, I can't wow. even imagine everything that goes into it, but that second half, it really just goes off the rails. And yeah, I was like, I was very uncomfortable, at, but I was like, I'm like, I don't know. Let's, let's get through this. Let's see what happens here. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to, to get into it. Yeah. And, and apparently this is kind of based on a true story from France mm-hmm. in 1996. Um, so this, this might partially be real or all real, or I don't really know the extent. Um, but it does say in the beginning that it's like, it's based on events that happened in France in 1996. So that is super interesting. Okay. Let's start talking true cinema so we can like work our way through this movie because I need, I need to process it. I need to talk about it with you. I, it's one of those movies like you can't, I can't like go to work and be like, Hey, I watched this movie called Climax last night. You want to hear about it for a minute? (laughs) Uh, It just like doesn't apply. (laughs) I just like can't say it to anybody. So the intro, you get the TV interviews for like 10 minutes. What did you think of opening the movie with these very like personal stories from each person understanding how addicted to dance they really are. I thought it was a really interesting way to start the movie for sure to kind of get, you know, all these people like why they love dance, stuff like that. And then kind of leading to like, well, what would you do like to, to get this job? It's like, well, I'd do anything, anything like, Oh, well, I don't know. What does that mean? You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of going back and forth between all the different dancers and just seeing how committed they are. And I think uh, obviously like we see that in the movie, there are some people here that are just like dancing the entire time, which is kind of nuts. Like they're all different kinds, but I mean, there's contortionists, which really come into play in the second half because they are just like, just doing the weirdest shit, you know, and it's upside down and just all this kind of stuff. So uh, I really, I liked the intro. I thought it was cool. Um, Also kind of interesting to get like, uh, the end credits at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the last movie I think I saw that in was Vox Lux, the Natalie Portman movie. And it's just like, cool, let's run the credits right now. Um, and then, yeah, so I don't know. It was cool. I was into it. Yeah. So uh, let's, can we talk about that for a second? Because you get the end credits like two minutes into the movie. Then you get the main credits that appear like 45 minutes into the movie. And then you get the title at the very, very, very end mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, super interesting, really caught me off guard. I was like, I don't like, I was like, man, is this like a memento situation? Like, am I supposed to watch this movie backwards? Because I, I believe that irreversible, one of his other films is designed to be watched backwards. I don't know if you've, if you've heard the same or if I'm incorrect. 
Yeah, I mean that's the other one that I've seen, and that that one okay. is like it'll really mess with your head. I think it's notorious for having a very long. Um, you know, I mean, we put some warnings at the beginning, but one of the uh, characters gets raped in a hallway, and like we are just there for the whole thing. Like we're just watching mm. the entire thing, and that will just like never leave my brain. You know, but it's right. just like. Yeah, the way it's set up is kind of uh, interesting. I think obviously it could be watched that way. One of the interesting facts I think I found out about this movie is that um, Gaspar said that he wanted this to be basically the opposite of Kubrick's 2001 in Space Odyssey, where oh. um, it's like supposed to be like a psychological kind of you know trip like that movie. But in 2001, it's we see like human or the apes become humans at the right. end he's like this one i wanted the humans <laughs> to become apes by the end and just get down to their primal wow. thing i was like that's exactly what you did because there was just like <laughs> i mean there was like peer pressure to for someone to kill themselves you know right like it, yeah it got really crazy there oh yeah okay so i i want to ask you this one question so there is a moment in this movie where omar He's the first person that they suspect of spiking the sangria with LSD. Mm -hmm. And they they essentially lock him out in the snow. They push him out into the cold. They lock him out in the snow. Now, that very first scene we got in the movie of someone crawling through the snow, bloodied, trying to get somewhere. Is that Omar or is that someone else? Is that is that at the uh, at the end of the movie? Or I guess where does that fit chron chronologically into the events of the film? So, yeah, the film ends with a lot of overhead shots of each character and the one right before Omar, because Omar, we see him like covered in snow, just frozen to the ground. Right. Okay. But the yeah. one right before that is, um, I forget the, the character's name, but she's the one that was pregnant. And then uh, the people also accused her of drugging them because she didn't drink. And she's like, well, it's because I'm pregnant. And then, you know, all these people are on LSD and just like almost like beyond LSD though. Like this was yeah. nuts. This was like, I've never done it, but this Extra. looked like crazy, <laughs> you know, but one of the other people like knees her and then kicks her in the, kicks her in the stomach. And so she's just like really confused. Doesn't know what to do and just kind of losing her mind. But I think it's her at the end. That's like leaving. Okay. Cause we see the blood on her arm and stuff. And then that's the thing that I think would cut to the very beginning of the movie where like, she's like on the ground, like trying to crawl and stuff like that. I think that's the same person. I'm pretty sure. Cause yeah. We didn't really get an update from her after that stairwell scene where she's getting pressure right. to kill herself. Right. And and what a really intense and interesting way to begin the movie of essentially lining out like, hey, uh, things are going to get we like weird. You're going to get like disoriented, but yeah. also things are going to get exceptionally lonely. Like every single person will be in their own universe and they will be doing their own really fucked up stuff. So let's let's start talking about this. I have. The the massive dance, that one shot that you mentioned, it ends with them saying God is with us. Really, really cool stuff. We get another dancing circle and then we get credits right in the middle of this. There's like um, all kind. There's like a Thrasher logo. There's a neon logo. Mm -hmm. There's like all kinds of stuff. And I was just like, I felt like I was kind of getting punked a little bit. And I was yeah. like, oh, we're just like tossing up logos. Like, what, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I didn't know. Yeah, it's hard to like take a lot of his work, I think, at face value because you don't know like, well, what's legit and what's just like, are we getting yeah. messed with here? But those were two really good dance scenes that we got. And then that's where like the dialogue kind of is in between there. And it's a lot of like the dudes just like, oh, I'm going to fuck everybody here. You know, whatever. Just bros yeah. being bros. Uh, but <laughs> the, the dance scenes are just like so well done and shot beautifully there's, and they're there's, they're somewhat enthralling 
right? Because yeah. like at any moment, I guess I could have been like, nah, I'm kind of bored. But I ne- that never crossed my mind because I was so addicted to like watching their dance sequences. There's the one with like, I think it's like five guys, but like they kind of create this body, you know, where they're yeah. like walking towards the cameras. Like, holy, <laughs> that's really fucking cool. You know, it's just like yeah. you're aware that it's like one person in the middle and then the other four kind of like, like exaggerating the appendages but the way they all move and sync and stuff like, Oh, this is really cool. And I guess like everyone was a professional dancer except for, um, the, the main actress, I forget her name. Is it? Yeah. Sophia, Sophia Butella. Yeah. 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 And she was like in the recent like mummy movie that did not do well. Oh, at the all. Tom Cruise one. Yeah. Um, but also <laughs> an atomic blonde and she, people might recognize her from Kingsman. The first one, I think she's the lady oh. that has like the sword, legs or whatever she's really cool in that so um but she was awesome but she's the only professional actor in this whole movie everyone else was just professional dancers that is that's just some wild stuff like the more you know about the the, about this movie the weirder it gets um i mentioned locking omar out in the snow uh locking the kid in the electrical closet so i think this for me is part of the reason that i was so uncomfortable is because i do have kids and i do have small children and so like Anytime something involves that, it's always like, ooh, that's that's a little too close to home for me. That's yeah. like, oh, that could actually happen. Um, the kid apparently goes to bed, but then sneaks back down and starts drinking the sangria. And the mom locks him in the electrical closet, takes the key. And essentially that storyline plays out with her starting to lose her mind and she loses the key. And she can never find the key. And the kid fucking touches the electrical box and dies. Yeah. Absolute I, insane shit, dude. It's crazy because, like, you kind of see her intentions of just, like, I need yeah. to contain you because there's so much craziness going on. But in her, you know, desperate attempts, like, the only place she could find to contain him was, like, the room that had the electrical box, like, for the whole building. It's just like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? You know, yeah. and that's the stuff that's just, like, haunting because. Yep throughout the whole second half, like we have the constant base. So we kind of know there's always stuff going on, but there's also just like the screaming nonstop for me. Yeah. All the time. Help me. You know, it's just like, Oh my God. Yeah. uh, It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And like when, uh, uh, probably about 20 minutes to the end when the power goes out, that, that is just when I was like, Oh fuck, he's done. Like, that's it. That, that's how that storyline ends. And this mom is going nuts, like searching for the key and mm-hmm. that I guess that moment for me, I mean, everybody had descended into madness by then, but that was the moment where I was like, this is having exceptionally real consequences on people that it was not intended to affect. And yeah. like, that's when it crossed the line, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, if this wasn't a, a Gaspar Noah film, then I was like, maybe the kid would be okay at the end, you know? Cause we did yeah. like kind of a, not necessarily a rescue at the end, but like some, some sort of authority show up. And it's like, yep, yep. I think any other director would have been like, they kick the door and the kid like wakes up like, okay. But once that happens, like, Oh, that no. kid is literally toast. <laughs> like, the kid is done. Sure. The kid's zapped. Yeah. He's, he's, he's toast. He's done. Uh, you mentioned the, the pregnant girl on uh, getting pressured essentially to uh, like beat up her own stomach and she's kicked in the stomach and uh, pressure to cut herself. Um, we've got Selva, who, who is a main character in this, uh, but played by Sofia Butella, uh, losing her mind, screaming at herself in a mirror, scaring herself, like that entire thing of her going kind of like back and forth through the hallway, back to the dance floor, back to rooms, like, and it's all one manic shot. 
And mm-hmm. like, I, I think that's where I'm so conflicted where it's like, this is incredible filmmaking and I'm watching someone absolutely go crazy on LSD. And I can't, yeah. like my brain's not big enough to handle what I'm seeing. Oh, it was just, it's so intense. Like there's so much again, like with it all being one shower going from the dance floor and then like down the hallway to these rooms and things like that. And then this whole sequence of following her, like, I think for people that kind of understand it, um, I guess, uh, Gaspar knows said that the first part of climax is like a roller coaster, which makes sense. Uh, and the second part is like a ghost train, which <laughs> seems very accurate. Cause it's just like, we're just kind of like traveling through this stuff and like, you'll just see like one of the contortionists in the background, like moving his arms, like super weird behind his head and stuff. And like, it's never addressed. He's just like back there. It's like, Oh, and then yeah, he's just doing his thing. The kids screaming <laughs> and someone's like trying to go help that kid. It's just, but it's never like the focus. Like we're just kind of like traveling through and it is, man, it is a trip. Yeah. It's, it's a trip for sure. So I mentioned when the power and the music kind of goes out. Um, and I find it interesting because someone has a boombox and they immediately start playing music once again. Like mm-hmm. they, they are so addicted to the dance, to the music, to the idea of where dance takes them that they cannot live a moment without it. Even if they're like losing their minds, um, is so fascinating. Um, we've got this kind of like side storyline of this brother trying to screw his sister and yeah. telling her like, don't tell dad. And, um, one of the theories, we'll, we'll talk theories here in a second, but one of the theories is that he poisoned or, or, you know, tripped the, uh, the sangria with LSD so he could get with his sister and catch her off guard because we never see him drinking on screen. Mm. So I think that is, is fascinating. Um, the end, the police come in with drug, drug, uh, dogs. We see people dead and alive. We get all these overhead shots, which is just wild stuff um and then i mentioned the last 20 minutes basically shot all upside down where i'm just like constantly trying to figure out exactly what i'm watching um i mean there's there's people having sex there's people dancing there's people like physically assaulting themselves like there is everything under the sun that is happening um and then two more i wanted to mention before we try to talk about this ending because i need to know what you think happened at the end because i think it does little leave it a little ambiguous um i love gaspar no's ability to use text as such a a, like a bold statement so he has he says life is a collective impossibility that is kind of like opens our film and then at the end it says death is an extraordinary experience in like flipped upside down mirrored text and i think it just like adds to this of like 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 holy shit like we is this is like demented or this is like really dark like what is happening i guess what did you think of like this text when you saw it because it kind of like shook me a little bit i was like wow that's that's either really profound or like really fucked up i I mean i kind of think it's both you know like i think it like (laughs) it really was it kind of hit me and then it's also like oh man that's a really messed up way to like kind of close out this movie uh and then again like having the death one upside down just like kind of hit it home even more so i I mean i thought it it was effective to say the very least yeah yeah absolutely uh and the very last thing we see is the blonde chick taking what appears to be lsd in her Mm -hmm. eyes dropping droplets in her eyes she has a book on like the psychology of LSD sitting next to her. Do you think it was her? Did she, did she spike the sangria? I'm curious if like that, obviously it's like what it's led to believe is that it was her, 
but I'm, I'd be curious to rewatch this and see if anyone had like gotten into her stuff, you know? Cause like, oh, yeah. that's where like the brother theory could come into play. Although I'm also like kind of led to believe that this isn't the first time the brothers tried to do that. So I would feel like he wouldn't have to resort to the LSD thing, but um, that one, that one was also really interesting because the whole movie people are like, Oh, that guy's talking to your sister. And you think it's just like typical sibling, like, Oh, I got to protect her or whatever. But then you find out it's really yeah. a lot more messed up than that, where he's like sexually attracted to her and just like, I don't know, it's it was insane. But I think yeah. in, until I rewatch it, I do, I just rock with the idea that it was, it was her, the girl at the very end who does the LSD drops in her eyes. Yeah. And I totally think we are led to believe that because obviously if she's doing LSD in her eyes, she is on a much more different plane than all of these people who don't take LSD, I would assume. Yeah. Um, so. She could probably drink the sangria and get some effect, but like not to the level that all of these people are where people are like dying and yeah. <laughs> like losing their minds. Um, she does initially like she's the kind of the first one to go, which is interesting if you think of her doing it, because maybe she sets the precedent mm-hmm. of like how of of essentially like making sure other people feel manic as well and yeah. making sure people don't catch on to her. She like he's on the ground and people are still cognizant enough to be like, Hey, we should clean that up. But she is kind of like in her own world. So I'm super curious. It, if I were to rewatch this movie, like 50 years, (laughs) then we can, then we can (laughs) discuss it a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. Um, crazy man. Anything else before we, we get into our a one X. I mean, like for me, I think the true cinema moment goes to, losing the power and the music I, like oh, that's nice. just like my gut call yeah, because yeah. it's not it's not special in any way and this movie is special from a cinematography standpoint but that is the moment where me as the viewer descended into madness because i i yeah. i connected so much and i was like wow i didn't think things could get worse but here we are here we are indeed like yeah and like the safety lights or you know whatever all just red so that last 20 minutes is all just kind of in a red light situation yeah. Um, for me, it's uh Selva losing her mind, like the whole sequence where we're following her because we just kind of see the trip that she goes on, you know, where it's just like, she's like writhing around on the floor, just kind of freaking out and stands up and there's like a, a illustration or whatever, like wallpaper of like this forest. And she just like stops and like stares at it. It's like, Oh, does she think like she's in a forest right now? Like it like, kind of caught her off guard. And then she sits on the couch and I think just in a moment of, like weird comfort. She puts her hands like underneath her leggings or tights or whatever. And just like holding onto her yeah. like thighs. And then just a little bit afterwards, it's like, <laughs> she thinks her hands are stuck there and she freaks yeah. out, you know, it's like, <laughs> Oh man, this is crazy to watch her doing all this. Like it was just so well done. But I think we both have also really shouted out the choreography at the beginning is really, really well done. It's so cool. Yeah. That, that was wild. When she thought her hands were like stuck to her body inside her yeah. leggings, I was like, She's fucked. She's gone. Yeah. Like, they, like that's the moment where she was like, yikes. If you yeah. can't tell that your hands can come out of your leggings, you are on a different planet. Yeah. Um, okay, A1X. Let's do these things. Gasper No, the director of this movie, a French horror filmmaker. Um, I find it very interesting that, that this is an A24 film. I know mm. recently they've been doing more horrors. Uh, more more slasher type things, and you know they have Midsommar and Hereditary. Um, 
this is this is much more visceral than anything like that. So I find it yeah. fascinating that they are part of this. Um, we have Vortex, like I mentioned, out in theaters right now. Irreversible climax. Uh, I stand alone. Enter the void and love. Those are the movies that he has made. You said you saw Irreversible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, better better than this movie. I don't. Ooh, I don't know. It's it's hard <laughs> when you like a movie. It's so centered around this like very intense and in, like like intimate. I don't know if that's the right word, but like rape scene yeah. that we just like are stuck in. So sure. As weird as this movie is, I would I think sooner rewatch this than Irreversible. But that doesn't speak to like Irreversible being bad. It's just like very difficult to mm-hmm. to sit through. So for me, having only seen these two, I'd go with Climax. Um, but I have heard really good things about Enter the Void. Uh, so I don't know. I just want to want to give that a shout out. Yeah. You know, I I feel like I should watch Irreversible to like say that I've seen it, like in terms of French horror film. I feel like that's a very like film bro thing to do or like a Twitter film thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it'll be soon. I don't know how long it'll take me to yeah. to get over this movie. Um, so so I got to go with Climax. That's all that I've seen of his. Um, next, anyone acts. Like I said, this is a French horror film. So I I put some of the most famous French horror films on this list. We've got High Lane, Them, Martyrs, In My Skin, Among the Living, Inside, Raw, Revenge, Eyes Without a Face, and The Fall of the House Usher. Have you seen any of these movies? Um, I don't think I've seen any of these actually. Um, the, the one I was going to mention is a movie called Diabolique. Uh, it's kind of an older one from like 1955 about two women that kind of, uh, conspire together to, to kill someone and make it look like an accident, which is really kind of interesting. But, um, I've, I mean, I've heard, you know, good things about Ra and Eyes Without a Face, things like that. I think Eyes Without a Face is in the Criterion. So that, you know, gives it some level of like, oh, okay, this is like a legit movie, but I actually haven't seen any of these. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen any of these either. Um, I know, uh, Julia Dor- Dorkin, uh, do Cornell, uh, I believe, uh, directed raw. She's the same director that directed, uh, Titan last okay, year, which yeah. won the Palm d'Or. Uh, so I'm going to put Titan on this list cause I've seen it. I actually enjoyed it quite a lot. It is actually, uh, a very uh, deep and personal movie that's just like shrouded in French body horror. So nice. um, I I like that movie quite a lot. It is definitely a movie where you're like, I saw that once and then um, I can talk about it forever. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, you know, French horror, I feel like it's a very, um, you gotta have taste for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I just don't know like if I'm there in my, in my film career of like, yeah, I'm gonna sit down. I guess <laughs> I guess I did a couple nights ago. I'm gonna sit down and watch a French horror movie. I guess I guess that was me for 90 minutes. But uh, yeah. um, the last one I've got movies about dance. How do you feel? About, how do you feel about dancing movies, Ben? Big, I mean, big I'm dancing looking at fan? this list, and I'm I'm into <laughs> over half of these movies for sure. Okay, all right. We've got Step Up, Stop the Yard, Footloose, Magic Mike, Magic Mike XXL, Dirty Dancing, Saturday Night Fever, Fame, Black Swan, All That Jazz, Chicago. Cabaret, The Red Shoes, and Singing in the Rain. If I told you that I had only seen one of these movies, which Ooh. one do you think it is? <laughs> Magic. Because it's a fucking stacked list. Yeah. And I don't feel good about it, but it's true. 
Ooh, uh, Black Swan? Is that the Absolutely one? Absolutely true. Black yep. Swan. Okay. <laughs> you <Nice>. bet. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's good. So I, I'll take that as your pick. Um, yep. <laughs> for me, I'm going to go with Singing in the Rain because that's just like one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of dancing in it. Uh, just one of the best sequences ever uh, for the a song called Make Him Laugh, which is just like, it's so good. Um, but for more about a movie about dance itself, I have to go with Dirty Dancing. That just has one of my favorite lines in all of movies ever. Uh, when Jennifer Grace says, I carried a watermelon. Like, it's just one of my favorite <laughs> favorite lines. <laughs> and Swayze's just a king. So I'm going to go with Dirty Dancing. But shout out to uh, Singing in the Rain. I love to hear it. I really want to see Saturday Night Fever. Like, that's the one thing I, I do. I want to see Singing in the Rain. I want to see Cabaret and some more classics. But, like, Saturday Night Fever... Like that era of John Travolta has my heart. And so I, I feel like I need I to get it. to that. Um, yeah. All right, man, let's let's rank this movie. Let's get real for a minute here. We've got our first cow, which will be a top tier. Our good time is a mid-level and the farewell. We are bottom tier A24 uh, projects. Uh, I feel like this is a tough one. I don't know where you're leaning. What are you, what are you thinking about here? I'm thinking like the cinematography and the way it's all put together for me is like first cow worthy, but mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to revisit it. So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this into a good time. Uh, it, this is going to also sound weird to say like the runtime is 97 minutes, yep. but I think it could be shorter. Like there are some of these sequences that like really kind of hold for a long time. Like I think there's like five minutes at least that could be trimmed from this, you know? Um, but yeah, it's like, I would, I would recommend it to people just in terms of like, there's a 40 minute one take shot. It's crazy. The choreography is amazing. All this kind of stuff. But I would also expect them to come to me later on and be like, what the fuck did you just make me watch? <laughs> you know? So in that, in that sense, like my letterbox, I gave it four stars, but as far as like rewatchability and stuff, I'm going to throw it into a good time. Yeah. All very fair points. Um, I think you're, you're totally right. I would be curious, like, what does an 85 minute version of this look like? And is yeah. that an easier sell for a lot of people? Um, I think that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, yeah. Cinematography is dynamite. Very interesting movie, uh, filmography wise. Um, I gave it two stars on my letterbox mm. and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it in the farewell, man. I just like, nice. it's just not my movie. Like, it's just not for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I am glad that I've seen it. And if anybody comes to me and is like, hey, man, I'm looking for like a really weird, messed up movie. And I was like, I got you. I got the perfect movie for you. This is the movie. And I feel like that will hold that place forever, maybe until I see Irreversible. But I think for me, like, I'll probably never rewatch it. I will rarely ever talk about it again. I think the only chance would be like in the A24 pantheon of films, what's the weirdest? And like, Mm -hmm. this is among... This is among that conversation, right? Um, but I got to go farewell. Like, I just don't think the payoff is there to sit through this whole movie and be like, wow, that was a well-shot movie. You're going to walk away being like, wow, that was a really fucked up film. Like, yeah. I, there's no way you're like, damn, that was some good camera work. Like, it just yeah. doesn't, doesn't outweigh it for me. So uh, the, the rarely seen, farewell. I got to give it to it. I, I mean, I, I totally understand it. Like, again, a lot of mine is probably in the production value. Uh, it feels like, you know, like this, I mean, this script was five pages long. Like it's not here right, for the plot. Right. It's here to be, <laughs> you know, Gaspar Noe like makes movies that are divisive and wants to just like kind of mess you up. 
I think he's even said like this movie is like one of his better reviewed ones and he doesn't get it. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. why do people like this? Like I'm trying to fuck with you guys. You know, everyone's like, Oh, this is great. So uh, yeah, I think that's a, a, a fair call there. So a farewell and a, a good time between the two of us. Uh, we'd love to know what you guys think. If you've seen climax or any of a uh, guess where knows other movies, like hit us up and let us know. Uh, you can get at us at uh, Twitter and Instagram at 24 minutes of a 24. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simmons. Spring break forever, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>